0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Box Office Receipts for the week of March 22nd, 2020. I am your host Tyler Callahan. That's right, with all the news dropping this week, it seemed only right to do two episodes more or less around this week. Days are kind of getting blurred here. We got no new numbers coming in, but what that does not mean is that I do not have stuff to talk about. So, got no box office numbers, but it's alright. I got the next best thing, and that is iTunes numbers. So since Friday, when the first batch of new movies has been released... I just decided to follow both the iTunes chart to see what was doing well or not. Now, yes, these are not the exact numbers, but for now, it's the only exact data we can get for now. Now, I'm not sure how the chart is calculated for iTunes, if it's a straight download number or the total amount made between buys and rentals. So we're driving a bit blind here, but this is what I've collected. On Saturday, one full day after the movies were released, Onward shot straight up to number one and The Invisible Man went up to sixth place. However, the two other Universal releases, Emma and The Hunt, did not do as well, ending up in 14th and 15th place, respectively. This stayed more or less the same until Tuesday, when the other batch of movies were released, including Bloodshot, The Gentleman, and Birds of Prey. With these out, Onward stayed in first, with Birds of Prey going to second, Bloodshot at third, The Gentleman at sixth, and Doolittle at tenth. For the Universal movies, The Invisible Man dropped to eleventh, Emma at twenty-second, and The Hunt at twenty-third. On Wednesday, however, things changed a bit. 1917, which was available to buy digitally and on Blu-ray on Tuesday, took the first place spot, with Onward moving to second and Birds of Prey at third, Bloodshot at fourth. Since 1917 shot up to first, The Gentleman was actually able to move up to fifth place. The Way Back moved up to ninth place, and Universal movies kept sliding, with The Invisible Man now at 13th, Emma at 23rd, and Hunt at 28th. So, while this is not the most concrete info, we can see a few things from it. One, brand matters. Looking at the later numbers, Onward is there because people see Disney and Pixar, and it must be good. Birds of Prey, while underperforming at the box office, has gotten good word of mouth, and people like Margot Robbie. And Bloodshot, well, no one knows who the hell that is, but they do want to see Vin Diesel. However, while brand is important, it does need to have good word of mouth. With the exception of Bloodshot, these movies do, and I think that is why Doolittle has not cracked the top five. That has had two months of bad word of mouth. Lastly, the most important lesson here is that customers want to be able to buy, not rent, at a high price. As of now, Universal's plan has failed with these $20 rentals. Yes, The Invisible Man did okay for a few days, but it already made a decent amount of money and had gotten good word of mouth. Emma and The Hunt are way smaller movies that people are not willing to drop $20 just to rent them. Now, trolls may change this, but it looks like if you want customers paying a high price, it needs to be a purchase, which is why the others are doing well. As for other movies coming out, both Sonic the Hedgehog and Bad Boys for Life has been moved up and will be coming out on March 31st, so they'll be available now by the time you're listening to this. Disney also had a surprise drop like they did with Far Onward with The Call of the Wild and Downhill coming out last weekend. For these, however, they are experimenting a bit. The Call of the Wild is a regular 20th century studio movie, but will be $14.99 to buy, and Downhill being a Fox Searchlight movie will be just $9.99 to buy. It seems like Disney has seen the apparent success with Onward and wants to see if other price points help. Also, downhill being $10 is not too shocking as it got middling reviews and a box office back in February was terrible, so they are hoping to make some kind of money out of this. Also, adding in a quick note as the news came in late to the script, STX will also be testing at different prices by releasing Brahms, The Boy 2 on digital to buy for just $9.99. That was a movie that was poorly received, so releasing at $10 might help people bite the bullet, and see how it is. I'll track these movies on iTunes and report back on the next episode about how they are doing. Speaking of the prices of digital movies, The Hollywood Reporter did a poll and found out people would like to pay a lot less for digital movies. Shocker. The poll done with around 2,200 adults said they would like to pay between 4 sorry, 5 to $8 for a digital movie. As for actually buying or renting one in the first place, 40% said they are more likely to do so, while 35% are less likely. This poll right now backs up what I just said about the iTunes chart. If people are going to spend the money on movies digitally, they have to own it. You also have to remember that people have been used to $20 to purchase, but $4 to $6 rentals for years now. So it makes sense why people would see Universal's $20 rental price and be like, I'm out of here. Then there's also the situation that a lot of people are waiting to return to their jobs or they lost it, meaning they do not have the money to spend on digital movies. Until people are back to work and earning a paycheck, they'll not feel comfortable spending 50 60 bucks buying a few movies digitally, and I don't blame them. Now overall the situation is not good for Universal, as not only customers rejected their twenty dollar rental, theater owners are not happy with the move to release Trolls World Tour as a digital rental as well. The Hollywood reporter did an interview with John Fithian, who is the chief of the National Association of Theatre Owners. He went on to talk about how studios are releasing current movies on digital early was not a problem, as this was an unprecedented situation. And that they already went in theaters for a period of time quote they had already put those movies in cinemas but cinemas had to shut down so they made those faster movies to the home to try to monetize those movies and to give people something to watch at home during this crisis End quote however while current releases are fine releasing upcoming movies on digital is still a big no and mr 50 made a point to call out universal with their move of releasing trolls world tour They and date with their theatrical release he says they are lying with them advertising it's still being released in theaters, because at that, at that time, what theaters will actually be open? And this move undermines the theater industry. Quote, only Universal on Troll undermined the theatrical model, and Universal told no exhibitor about their plans on Trolls until approximately 20 minutes before the announcement. Exhibitors know who their partners are, end quote. Those were the keywords I wanted to present here, but there is a bit to talk about. As I mentioned in the last episode, studios do not do this because of the pull theaters have, and the theater association is calling Universal out on it. He also made it a point that all studios called and reassured them that the movies they delayed will still become in the theaters. Universal, on the other hand, only told them of their move which trolls 20 minutes before the public knew. So what happens here? I'm not sure as for now. The playing field is, you know, still favors the theaters. Yes, the movies being released digitally have done well, but again, that's if you can buy them. Universal, going for the $20 rental for their smaller movies, has done poorly so far. So it really does depend on how Trolls World Tour will do in a few weeks. If that also fails to get people to spend 20 on a rental, then I think at that point it's clear the market is spoken. If you are to go digital and spend the big bucks, it needs to be a buy. As for what happens between theaters and Universal, I don't think much. At most, maybe Universal will give a bigger cut for some of their movies uh, to make up for it when they open up. But that would be it. Theatres will not pull the nuclear option of refusing to show any of Universal's movies just yet. Especially when next year, assuming there's no more delays, you have now F9 and Jurassic World 3 that will bring in a lot of money. For other news, with all the movies in April, a lot of uh, May has already been pushed. One of the smaller ones was the Lovebirds from Paramount. Set to release on April 3rd, its date got pushed back along with Quiet Place 2. Now Deadline is reporting that Paramount has made a deal with Netflix to have the movie premiere on a streaming service globally and forego a theatrical release. This is a smart move from Paramount. On my other podcast, Entertainment Expansion, I mentioned how streaming services during this time might be opening up their wallets to buy some content. Since that's the only way most people can watch stuff right now, it looks like Netflix has made that move. Now there are the finer details. Here we do not know how much did the movie cost to make, how much is Netflix buying it for, when is it coming out but I would assume Paramount would only make this deal if it broke even or made a small profit at least. This is also smart because when theaters eventually reopened this is a move that was clearly a movie that was clearly going to get crushed in between the bigger movies Mulan, Wonder Woman, Black Widow, others. Paramount can now cut their losses on this one and focus on the theatrical release for Quiet Place 2 and Top Gun Maverick. Lastly, Chinese theaters have all shut down again. This came in on Thursday and came out came without an explanation. Just that any that were reopened had to shut down again until further notice. At this point, only a few hundred theaters reopened. But the problem is that the past week, news was coming out about how movies that would be shown in April to get people back in like Harry Potter, Avengers, Avatar. Now, even all of those plans are on pause. If I had to speculate, I would assume they closed immediately because there were a few new cases showing up that they have not reported yet and they wanted to contain them first. China has been saying for the past few days there are very few or no new cases being reported. And based on scientists, there is a reported second wave of the virus coming at some point. Whether this is the reason for the closure, we're not sure yet. And this will be it for this episode of Box Office Receipts. Right now, if there's enough news in the coming days, I'll do another episode. Otherwise, I will release a Box Office Receipts Plus episode. Thanks for listening.